Right. If you'd like a voice that's easy, expressive and human, if you want to deliver your words in a way that really makes your listener feel something, you know, and if you want a clearer voice during hay fever season, cold and flu season and even... Yikes, I've sung too loud at a Bon Jovi concert season. (laughs) Then join me for Mouth to Mic. It's my new online voice training programme that comes with its own private community of voice gigs, just like you. For all the info, head over to bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. That's bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. It's the Voice Coach Podcast with me, Nick Redman, your own personal voice geek ready to guide you through getting the most out of your speaking voice. If you use your voice for a living as an actor, podcaster, voice artist, speaker or presenter, then this is the podcast for you. Let's crack on. Hello there. Welcome to this episode, which is all about vocal health. How to have good vocal health. It's a funny old thing vocal health really because you know most of the time we put along fine and dandy with our voices doing just what they need to and then all of a sudden we get a cold and we wake up sounding like Darth Vader or you know we just lose our voices for sometimes what can seem like no reason at all. Vocal health is one of those things, much like voice training in general, to be fair, that often ends up being cure rather than prevention. So people come with the problem already, rather than a desire to prevent the problem from happening. You know, which makes sense a lot of the time, because in terms of vocal pathologies, what does the everyday voice user know about what can and often does go wrong? So how can you prepare for it, really? Well... Today's your lucky day, (laughs) so I'm going to share a few top tips on keeping your voice healthy generally, and then other things to think about when it comes to voice care. I think it's also important to understand with voice care and vocal health, there are various different categories things can fall into. You know, you can get medical pathologies on the vocal folds, which you may have absolutely no control over whatever. But then we also have the other side of voice care, which is very much down to how we treat ourselves and our technique and our general use of our voice, which we can do things about. So that's the area I'm sort of talking about today. Now, I've had to split this episode into two because Look, there's a lot of information on vocal health and the truth of it is these two episodes are just the start. So throughout this episode and how to have good vocal health part two, which will come very soon, you'll also hear me saying, I'll expand on this a little more in a future episode and watch out for more on this topic in an episode in the future, which is kind of frustrating. (laughs) So apologies, but I'm just really flagging that there is more info to come but I think this one and the second one on just how to have good vocal health generally are a really nice starting point to get you thinking about your awareness and just reflecting on certain elements of your lifestyle and your technique that can go a long way to helping you in your journey to better vocal health so far. So firstly a wee disclaimer because this is health related To start with, this is all up to date. All the information I'm giving you now is as accurate and up to date as I know it to be at the time of recording this. But vocal health knowledge changes a lot, to be honest. 
one minute this is good, the next minute it's bad, one minute there's something new to do. So I'll do updates as and when I get them throughout the duration of creating this podcast for you. And the second thing, of course, is I'm not a doctor, right? And I'm not your doctor or ENT or SLT or otolaryngologist or anyone in charge of your physical or medical well-being <laughs> or mental well-being. I have no clue of your current health condition. And as with all advice from a non-medical professional, however well-informed they are, <laughs> if anything I suggest would mean a huge change in your lifestyle, you know, please consult your medical professional. Don't stop taking or start taking any medication without consulting a medical professional. I, <laughs> I don't want to get a call in a week from a doctor somewhere saying, yeah, they said they listened to this podcast that told them to start sticking spoons in their ears and now their head is full of spoons. <laughs> Listen to the advice, reflect and impact change in your routine if it's safe to do so. Or chat to someone in charge of your health about whether it's the right move for you. Oh gosh, that was a bit serious. Right, back to the spoons. I'm joking. Don't do anything with spoons. Right. Let's start with a reminder that your voice doesn't just suddenly appear in your mouth. It's made in the body through various physiological happenings. So it sort of goes without saying that the state of your body will indeed impact your voice. And we have a responsibility and we have to own that to look after ourselves for the sake of our voices. The first thing, dead simple, I'd like to remind you of, and it's very easy to forget about how important this is, rest. <laughs> Mental and physical, please try and do some resting. Sleep if possible. Sleep is when our amazing bodies sort of send out all those clever little caretakers inside, zipping around our insides, fixing things, adjusting things, improving things. So sleep's really important. Now, the NHS, the National Health Service website over here in the UK, recommends about seven to nine hours per night for adults. And I think that's pretty typical across the globe, to be honest, wherever you are. I've popped a wee link to that in the show notes just in case, because they've actually got some nice tips on how to get more sleep or better sleep as well. So if you are someone who struggles with sleep, then check it out, because sleep really will help keep your body healthy and in turn your voice healthy. So that would be step one for me. Get some sleep. You are welcome for that little prescription. Okay, okay, that's a pretty easy thing, I think, to slot into your routine. Sleep. We all have to do it at some point, so well done you. Now, the next thing to think about for your lovely body is a wee bit of exercise. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Everyone's always telling us we need to exercise, but I think the spectrum of what you can do here is pretty huge. Like a wee walk, a bit of yoga, an intense spinning class, if that's your thing, swimming, um, the cross, curling, biking, whatever. Now I'm just naming sports I don't do. The point is, exercise is really great for various things that impact your voice, like core stability. That's really great for voice. Breath capacity is improved by exercise, which is super for your voice. And of course, the old happy hormones that get released when we do movement and exercise, also really great for your voice. And I'll talk a wee bit more about mental health in part two of this two-part vocal health intro. So the conclusion there is get moving in some way, even if it's just jumping on your bed in the morning or running up and down the stairs a few times. Just do something to get moving, folks. There are some really good physical practices that are more explicitly useful for voice, like Alexander Technique, Feldenkrais, yoga, Pilates is good, but you do have to be careful of the whole core holding thing <laughs> in terms of breath. But generally, Pilates is brilliant for your posture, which is great for voice. So, you know, if you do want something that feels more 
explicitly linked, then try one of those. And anything cardio? Ugh, I know. Try Zumba, that's good crack. Right, and the final thing I want to mention for the body is my favourite topic. Food. (laughs) What you eat. What you put in will affect your body, which may affect your voice. The short answer to this is just eat a load of fruit and veg, as well as everything else you eat. Lots of fruit and veg, lots of good, hearty, home-cooked, healthy stuff. Now, I'm no angel, okay? (laughs) And I can be found elbows deep in a bucket of chicken wings many a time. (laughs) But I do try to keep that to a minimum because I have a responsibility to look after my voice. Now, what I will mention here about food and the voice is that you need to have an awareness of what you're eating and how it affects your body. Because we're all different, and I say this loads, just because you posted in a Facebook forum about losing your voice and someone said in a response that they gave up eating cheese on a Thursday when there was a full moon helped, doesn't mean you need to do that. Now, I'm fully here for vocal health, obviously. (laughs) But I'm also fully here for not having to give up the foods you like for the sake of your voice. It's not really generally necessary. You don't need or you might not need to give up all dairy and all alcohol and all caffeine or be banging a load of apples down your necks while you're recording. What you need to do, if you're interested in the effects of what you eat on your voice, is start a wee food diary. So chart what you eat, chart how your voice performs, have a look back and see if you spot any patterns. Simple. There are some things in certain types of food that affect some people if they have a very specific intolerance for that thing. Like dairy. Dairy gets a really bad rap online, lads. A lot of people say things like it thickens the mucus on the vocal folds. But there's actually no science to support that at all. It's a wee bit of a myth. Dairy and milk may coat the inside of your mouth a bit because it's a slightly thicker fluid. And that might make you feel a bit clicky and therefore, depending on your current levels of proprioception about the vocal tract and the voice mechanism, it might feel like it's affecting things at vocal fold level, but it's really not because it doesn't touch it. So as long as you don't have an intolerance to dairy, you should be okay. But again, your body's your body, so make a note, track it, see what happens. Caffeine's another one that people bandy around as being dehydrating for voice care. But the thinking around that isn't what it used to be. I've popped a link to some study results in the show notes so you can have a wee look. There may be other effects of caffeine on your body that impact your physical or mental health and therefore your voice, but they have nothing to do with drying out the vocal folds and affecting voice production, really. So you don't need to give up coffee either. (laughs) I could go on, but I'm going to stop. But coffee and dairy are the ones that, that come up the most. One thing I will mention in relation to food is reflux. And it's not always the sort of reflux that you associate with heartburn or indigestion. It's what's called silent reflux or laryngopharyngeal reflux. That's the nuisance, really, when it comes to vocal health. This can be exacerbated by certain things in your diet and eating habits, like eating late at night, for example, is not recommended if you are having voice issues and if you may have or have been diagnosed with LPR, laryngopharyngeal reflux. But again, it's different for everyone. So if you've got concerns about LPR, I've put a link in the show notes to an article from the British Voice Association on this about LPR. So if you do have any issues, then do talk to a doctor. 
I had it last year and I was really shocked and sort of embarrassed a little bit, you know, that I'd let it happen because I didn't really notice. I didn't know I was having the issue. I just had this awful, embarrassing cough come out of nowhere for like a year. And as a voice user, that actually, you know, did have an impact on my mental health as well. I felt terrible and it made recording a lot harder, but it is treatable. Some of the common symptoms people talk about are feeling like a lump in the throat, feeling of too much phlegm. I see that one a lot in forums. You know, like the feeling of needing to clear your throat all the time, excessive coughing or burping, sensitive dry throat. So if any of those ring true and you've been experiencing voice issues, it is worth a check. But don't self-diagnose. Get it checked properly. You're not a doctor or, or maybe you are. <laughs> Either way, go see another one. And that is one of the things about caffeine is that caffeine can exacerbate reflux in some people, as can dairy and spicy foods and stress and being overweight and smoking and too much citrus and chocolate. Look, point is giving up caffeine may not be the way to any of the improvement you need. And I say that because I know so many people who need their coffee and that is fine. (laughs) My point is don't make any drastic changes without having a good old research on yourself to see what affects you and your voice. I mean, we can't all be going around giving up cheese and coffee and booze and chocolate. Jesus, no one's coming to that party. And now, right, the answer you've all been waiting for, of course. Can you guess? Mm-hmm. Staying hydrated. <laughs> now, I do have a whole episode coming up on this very soon, so I won't take too much time on it apart from to say these few wee things. Please, oh dear God, drink stuff. Just drink stuff consistently. Not last minute because you've a session coming up in 10 minutes. Not every now and again because you've had a few too many jars. Just all the time. You shouldn't really ever feel thirsty. Like if you feel thirsty, you've probably gone too long. A couple of top tips for hydration are a nice big glass of something first thing. (laughs) I mean, water or juice, depending on how you live your life. Probably better. And small top ups over the course of the day. So it can take hours for fluid to affect the mucus at vocal fold level, which is ultimately why we drink it. We want it to thin out that mucus and have a lovely slippery mucus so the vocal folds can close nice and easily. But by the time you've taken in that fluid and it's been digested and travelled to all the other more important vital organs, it may not even get there at all. So you just got to keep them up. Keep your whole body systemically hydrated by taking in lots of fluids. You can also use a nebulizer with a 0.9% isotonic saline solution in it to rehydrate superficially at vocal fold level by breathing in that mist. And some people do still like steaming as well. That's grand. Just don't put any oils in it and don't have some really hot steam in your vocal tract just before you speak either. All right, so there's an overview of some body type things you need to be aware of in order to prevent issues with your general vocal health. If you do get ill, though, and you find your voice is affected, just do be careful of any medication that you decide to take to get you through, whatever that is, because anything with decongestant and will dry out all mucus in the body, including the nice stuff we want in the vocal folds, and also any sort of over-the-counter lozenges with pain-killing properties and stuff should be avoided too if you have to speak, because ultimately they just kill the pain, then you think you're better, and then you push your voice and you end up with a bit more strain in the long run. So I recommend just a really simple glycerin pastel if you need something that feels soothing. Again, it doesn't touch the vocal folds because it doesn't go past them because that's a different tube. But anything you take in as sustenance goes down the esophagus and not into the trachea towards the lungs because then we die. (laughs) And that's very bad vocal health. 
So lozenges, avoid anything with menthol as well, any products with menthol in because it does have drying properties too. And it might feel like they're helping you breathe better or soothing stuff, but really the smell is just so pungent that it's probably the only feckin' thing that can get through all the gunk. (laughs) So if you feel that you're getting ill or you get ill, up your fluids even more, rest even more, have some voice naps, which is the cool new term for mini periods of vocal rest, and pop a few gentle lip trills or hums in your day just to keep things moving around down there a little. Again, there's another episode coming out shortly on what to do if you lose your voice, and I'll go into more detail on sort of plans of action for that then. But, you know, have it on the horizon. If you feel like you're coming down with something, action stations and chill out, eat all the fruit, drink all the water. So that's the end of How to Have Good Vocal Health Part 1, all about the body and what we can do with our full actual physical selves in order to lead us to a place where we're giving our voice a chance to be as healthy as it can. I've got another episode coming, Quick Sharp, How to Have Good Vocal Health Part 2, which will go a little bit more into the voice itself. So look out for that one. Thanks for listening and I will see you very soon. Oh, remember to subscribe, review, rate, share, all those kind of podcasty things that mean more people get to hear this podcast and learn about vocal health. Thanks for listening to the Voice Coach Podcast. For even more tips, tricks, exercises and general crack, head over to our Facebook community, The Voice and Accent Hub. Thanks again.